You're listening to Legends Cast, a podcast about the cards, the meta, and the community of the Legends of Runeterra. This episode is brought to you by listeners like you. To become a supporter of the show, visit patreon.com slash legendscast. Let's do this. Hello and welcome to Legends Cast, a podcast about the legends of Runeterra. My name is Mark, or the lift from outside of Pittsburgh, PA, and with me tonight is my legendary and ever faithful co-host, Dead Broke Nerd. Dead Broke Nerd, how are you doing tonight, man? Doing pretty good, dude. Uh, you, I, I got I gotta call you out though here for a second because because that, was, that was a little we, bit of a we just that was started. a little bit of a, that was a little bit of a soft. Legends of Runeterra. I need a. I need a real. I need you to retake that. Give me a big old guttural Runeterra. Oh, I literally was just about to say, man. I really channeled my inner announcer voice there for that That's one, right. but evidently no, I it didn't. Was, it was soft, bro. My it was soft. <laughs> there we go. That's what I'm talking about. Now we're ready for an episode. It's baby. just Let's better. Go. It's better when it gets so messy that you just literally don't even know what I'm saying. It just it right. just fumbles <laughs> off. Uh, <laughs> So uh, one of my favorite things, okay, quick story about my life. One of my favorite things to do is to make up games for uh, the youth ministry that I led growing uh, like a couple of years ago. And we used to play this game called Spelling Bee where I would make up words and then they would have to try to spell them in front of a whole group of people. But all of my words were just sounds. So they were like, one of my words was a (laughs) And then I would use it in context and I would be like, yes, that girl over there is very and then they would have to spell just like whatever ridiculous <laughs> mumbling noises that I had made um, and then I would put it up on the screen and of course I always put hidden letters in it and stuff but th- 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 this isn't what that's about this is about the legends of Runeterra but there's always banter so I guess we always yes, do have a segment banter box yeah we have it we always have a segment called called banter so uh, yeah, and, and and you know just a little peek behind the screen we've had a lot of people talking about it and, and stuff and and you know i i think it's about time we come out yes our banter is scripted we focus test it we run it by that is not true. To approve it. <laughs> that's not true and, at all uh, so so you know i i know it seems so off the cuff and i mean i think that is a testament to our acting capabilities but our banter isn't 100 is scripted i just felt like we needed to come clean about that that is absolutely no. garbage. That is not, <laughs> that is not even remotely true. Literally, all that it ever says is opening banter is my number one point. It's just it just says opening banter, and we just see what happens. Uh, so <laughs> see what stupid crap comes out of our mouth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it does say on my notes though. Maybe bring up the official end of Tessel. Um, so listen, guys, if you don't know this, this podcast started as an Elder Scrolls Legends podcast and DBN was an Elder Scrolls Legends streamer, um, full time, full time, not full time salary, just full time hours. Right. Well, I, I, I mean, I had another part time job. It was part time, but yeah, I mean, I made money, uh, on my Twitch channel and I also made a good amount of money, um, casting for a little bit there casting tournaments and stuff so you know it was a nice little supplemental income uh and i love doing it It it's great game great community i miss my uh miss my uh, chat because i had a really good really great i was community built around it and and mark was in it and actually mark was one of the first people in it um that's actually a funny story because when i initially started streaming like a year 
before I really got into it. I tried it. My laptop blew up. And so I couldn't, I had to stop for a year until I got a new computer. But Mark was actually my very first follower that I didn't know in person. And that's back like when I played Hearthstone. And then like a year after that, when I started streaming again, I went with Tesla. He showed up again somehow. Just poked in. It's crazy. Just stopped. Just yeah, stopped he just in. Popped in. Well, yeah. actually, I I stopped in because uh, the Angry Chicken. They talked about playing the Elder Scrolls Legends, and I didn't know it existed, so I downloaded it, and then I logged on one day, and one of the people that I followed was streaming it. So I was like, okay, like I'll 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 check this out. And so, but here's the thing, guys. Uh, Elder Scrolls Legends went into maintenance mode here in the states at the same time they launched the China servers in like December of 2019. So it's been like over a year now since Tesla's been in maintenance mode. Um however, they were still releasing new monthly cards. So every month, depending on how high you ranked up, you would get copies of a new epic typically. Um and so I mean anybody who played the game knew that uh know, knows about those cards but so i guess the china server is either down or in maintenance i think it's in maintenance now yeah. and, they're not adding um, anything else to that one now too it's, no it's, it's being and they're not releasing any new cards they're actually recycling old cards so reaper of sorrows that was the five mana five five red uh, it was the warrior card right that when it had death rattle dealt five damage to the opponent's face oh it was that's not the title of the card but um yeah it was the daedra yeah it was yeah, it was a Daedra. So he he was like re-released this month or whatever. Like they're cycling oh, back in, through in Tesla Asia or in uh... no in Tesla Tesla. Oh, 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 yeah. So they're cycling back through old old cards, like old monthly cards, and re-releasing them. But they have run out of it. It's like the official official death. Yeah. Of Elder Scrolls. Yeah, Legends. and that's actually ties in great with our announcement about the Mulligan. Uh, on this week's episode of the Mulligan, yep. we're going to be singing "Danny Boy" uh, in uh, tribute to uh, mm, to our poor mm, dead game. Mm, uh, so, <laughs> no, we're not no, doing that. No, uh, you do not want to hear me sing. <laughs> me um, either. I'm really bad, like really bad, remarkable. Yeah, I'm bad. a pretty bad singer myself, so that's okay. So it's kind of a sad um, day. It's kind of sad. Yeah. Like I, I saw the last post from a guy who used to blog about uh, Elder Scrolls Legends, and I read it, and he was just like, "I'm, I'm going to be taking this down. Like I'm, I'm not going to re-up the subscription next month." I, well, you know, it, it was sad. It was a lot sadder like a year ago, but it's still like it's still a little bit sad, right? Like it's, it's still yeah. A bit sad. I, I, mean, I do still kind of think about it sometimes and and wonder what it would be like to boot it back up again. Um, but it, it never enough to do it. Yeah, like I've deleted it from my computer, and I've often like clicked on it and thought like, because it's I I do it by accident because I play ESO I play Elder Scrolls Online, so I'll go to click on ESO in Steam, and I accidentally click Legends, and I'm like, oh man, like I'd have to download it again to get into it, and sometimes yeah, I see just... things on Reddit because I still follow the Reddit, and I'm like, oh mm-hmm. man, there are there are people there are people still playing, like there there's people enjoying it. It's just like I've I've explored most of the a lot of the things to explore, or at least aware of it. You know, like I guess if you were still yeah. new and you stumbled across it, you you might really enjoy it. But well, one of the things I loved about the Tesla, you know, when I played it was just being able to because I streamed it, I was really able to sharpen my deck building skills through that. And mm-hmm. I definitely think that some of my favorite lists uh, that I've ever played in card games came from ones that I created on stream with my uh, with my chat and, and stuff like that. In fact, I remember one of the, the best people uh, who doesn't play uh, didn't move over to LOR, I think still plays Tesla, but uh, just a shout out. 
uh, to someone who won't be listening, but Neon Greensleeves was one of the most active oh, yeah. uh, chat, uh, you know, guys in my chat, and was also just a really creative, uh, innovative deck builder. Somebody who would often come up with these crazy pitches, and then you know, I'd get to sit on my stream and refine them and tinker with them and stuff like that. So, just uh, I, I just miss those days, you know, in many ways, getting to, you know hang out with people and and come up with cool decks and then you know have my own spin on things and you know by the end of the game it was cool because i was really well known for a couple different play styles you know and and that was just such a cool feeling to have and something that you know we we are known for our podcast that's pretty cool too yeah but it's definitely a different thing than than having that you know that moment where somebody's like oh yeah if you want to play an item deck go check out dbn's video i mean that was really neat well, if you are just if you want to play if you want to play Vaults of Helia, you still should go check out DBN's video because <laughs> that's the best place to find a good deck that uses it. Yeah, um, uh, I do feel pretty proud because I did that literally the first day that it came out, and, and it's uh, still like the best version of it. A lot of every like over the next week and a half because everybody was playing with the slaughter docs and you know, some of the other things first vaults of Helia was like the less intuitive thing. So a lot of the content creators didn't mess with vaults for like a week. And so I, but I literally, that was the first thing I went to and dropped it like day one of the expansion or whatever. And it's just really amusing to me how almost identical. A lot of the people's lists ended up Yeah, yeah, I got <laughs> to, you. to mine, you know, maybe it's just, you know, uh, great minds think alike but it yeah. was cool to see gotta, that, gotta, that, that i was right mind. you know i kind of came up with that list it's not a good <laughs> list compared to other things though. no it's not a good deck um so hey guys tonight we're live on uh, twitch.tv slash the lift so if you're listening to this episode afterwards you can always swing by uh and hang out with us here give a quick shout out to silent shooter 20 who just followed the channel silently because alerts are silenced right now so that's perfect uh ah. so you could be like silent shooter 20 and come and join us live live uh most wednesday nights around 10 p.m est but speaking of the mulligan which you might not know what that is dbn just mentioned it the mulligan is the patreon exclusive podcast that we do for just our patreon supporters so our patreon is over at patreon.com legendscast it's also in the notes below this episode well it's in the description of the episode so you can click the link you can go over there uh we don't we don't set any like limits or levels or anything so you could you could literally give us like a quarter a month um and uh, and get access to the mulligan or a, a penny a month for that matter and get access to the mulligan and join our patreon supporters um i want to give a quick shout out to royal shine who just increased their patreon support from ten dollars to twenty dollars a month tying oh templar gosh, what a boss yes tying templar for our greatest supporters um which uh which is incredible so thank you uh royal shine and guys this month or this week uh our our mulligan episode that we're going to release at the same time as this episode um is going to be about a brand new card game that's in development called call of myth which is a cthulhu mythos themed uh card game with like the old gods and investigators and you know endless mind-breaking horrors and stuff and we're going to be talking about our playthrough like the tutorial and stuff uh on the mulligan this week and our initial first thoughts of call of myth we had one of their devs on the show last year uh as they were in early development and we've kind of kept our eye on the game ever since so we're going to be talking about that on the mulligan that is an ep that is a show where we talk about anything but lor um everything from D, D tips to board games uh all you know all, all sorts 
all sorts of stuff. Um, and so, yeah, it's been, it, that, that shows a lot of fun. So if you want to check it out, go over to patreon.com slash legendscast, throw us a little bit of support and, uh, and you'll get a little bit of value back. We also give away every month, a legends cast pint glass an etched pint glass that we give away, um, to randomly to one of our supporters over at Patreon. And I have to ship the, the newest one really far. I won't say where, but it's not close. Uh, <laughs> it's very far. Like, oh, got a backfire. Um, but uh, but no, no, no. The the supporter is uh, is willing to help pay shipping, which is incredible. Uh, really incredible. Boss. Yeah. Uh, so DBN, uh, the Legends Cast Discord League Season 3, we promised to make an announcement about it at this episode. Do we have something to announce? Uh, you're darn right we do. Heck we're yeah, because we we're come through. announcements on people. I just got to say, this is one of the coolest things I feel like uh, we've done in our Discord community uh, is our uh, our amazing Discord League. People seem to really like it and, and get behind it more so than I even thought. So I'm just like super, super excited to announce that season three, that's right, the third one, the trifecta, the hat trick, that one is going to be starting on March the 3rd. The same um, day. The same day. As the release that of the supposedly new supposedly the new region will be released. Oh, so it's it good. Gets that postponed. first week is going to be <laughs> so cool. Yes. Uh, it's it's going to be awesome. It's going to be spicy as heck for that first week and probably the first two or three weeks. Um, but uh, But we're going to be getting things going starting on March 3rd uh of uh of the uh for the discord league season three now we're going to be having uh signups uh getting opened and set up ready on february 17th okay um so that is going to be two weeks from now yep. we're going to keep reminding people so that way there's plenty of time for people to know about it and know to watch for signups um and so signups are going to open on wednesday the 17th Basically the same day that we'll, we'll record. Of course, we'll announce it that week too. And then you'll basically have two full weeks before that first match gets scheduled. Now, um, just because we're going to start on uh, the third, uh, you'll still have the same kind of format of uh, you're going to be playing through. And we're actually going to give people a week and a half for that very first round. Just for a little bit of extra time because people uh, are going to want to, some of the people are going to want to you know, sit and learn some of those cards and even unlock a few of them. So yeah. that first round, and then as normal, you'll get your pairings usually on Sunday or Monday, depending on if our admins are particularly busy. They are people that are volunteering to help out and they, uh, they have lives. Uh, but once the pairings get posted, you'll have until the end of that next Saturday to get your results in uh, the format for everybody who's wondering, for those of you who played last time, it's the same. Uh, but for those of you who did not, the basic premise is that you're going to have a Swiss play. So there's going to be either five or six rounds of Swiss play, yep. depending on the number of people that sign up. Just like that five or six weeks. We do a round yeah. a week. Right. So you'll do one round a week. So you have one pairing a week. Um, and it is going to be a format that we've kind of come up with to bridge the gap between us needing to have admins for literally every single match every week, which would not be tenable, uh, but also wanting to have, you know, a little bit more of a competitive spin on things. So the way it's going to work is uh, you are going to match up with your opponent and you are each going to message the opponent telling them what region you would like to ban. Once you do that, you'll set up a game and obviously not playing the region that they banned. Uh, you will queue up your first deck. Uh, it's going to be a last deck standing format. So if you lose that deck and those two regions that you played in that deck, 
uh, are going to be eliminated. So then you'll have to go to your pool of decks and find another deck to queue up uh, that is going to have regions that have not been either banned or defeated. And once the opponent, uh, once anyone has won uh, two out of three games, then they will be the winner. Okay, so it's uh, last deck standing, so to speak, but really you're not like queuing up and, and sending anyone a list of three or four decks. Uh, you're basically just playing best of three winner stays, if that makes sense to everybody. Um, so uh, that's basically the uh, the format. And then we will cut to a top eight bracket play where the format will slip, uh, shift slightly. This will be a best of uh, five where you will submit four decks uh, and you will submit what champions and region combinations are being used. Uh, and then you'll go through the admins to exchange deck lists, ban one deck, and then play uh, out. Same thing, last deck standing. So uh, if your deck loses, it gets eliminated until all of someone's decks are gone. I hope I explained that adequately. Yeah, yeah, uh, but there'll if be, you there'll have be any rules. questions, there'll be rules in the Discord. Yeah, we'll have the rules you know, posted up. But if you have any questions, feel free to ask in the League General uh channel uh so the prize support we well, have been able oh you, you want to go over prizes I, I, no 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 well I, you can do it in a minute i just want to say if you join our discord to specifically play the league and you haven't done this yet there is reaction rules a tab called reaction rules oh, good call. And you yeah. can go in and react which will give you the league player role and when you get the league player role uh then you can actually go in and uh and you can see all the channels because right now you cannot see our league from discord but if you get the league player role you'll be able to see the league which is where we'll post the matchups and the brackets and have conversation about you know signing you know getting things set up and answer all the questions and post the rules and so go into our discord go to reaction rules make sure you go pick up the um if you can't find it too just like message me and i'll give you the the proper rule but you can go to reaction rules and pick up the player uh the the guilt the discord player rule and um yeah league player and you can grab it there but yeah go over what what are the Perfect. prizes because we're we're so, trying to make these always a little bit better yeah, we're, we have been able to increase the prize support a bit for this next season. That is in large part thanks to our amazing Patreon supporters uh, like Royal Shine and Templar and all those other wonderful folks out there. Um, I mentioned those two because they are our prismatic. Uh, I feel like that's what they should be. The our top, our top level? Yeah, they're prismatic level, baby. I should create uh, levels and make them like prismatic legendary. Yeah, that would okay, be pretty awesome. Uh -huh. uh, so... Uh, our first place, or actually, I'll say third place. So third place is going to get $25. Uh, second place will earn $50. And then first place will earn $75. And their choice of a Legends cast uh, hat, like the one I'm wearing right now, for those of you who are watching, those of you who are listening, uh, you can go and, and find a picture somewhere. I think Gibbles and Bits posted a picture of it at one point. but uh, Or a pint glass. So you'll be able to choose between a pint glass or a hat. Uh, we only have one hat left, so if you pick the hat, I think that you would be the last person to have a hat yep. before we bought new hats. Uh, so some exclusivity there. Uh, and then you will also receive an invitation to join us on the show for an interview. Um, so some some really great uh, some really great prizes out there. Uh, first place is, uh, you know, we always want to have an interview like we did with Lungs for Heyman users and with Static Sheep. Two great episodes, actually, I'd say. I really enjoyed interviewing those guys. And so uh, hurry up and, and get in there, get signed up. If you have any questions whatsoever, jump in the Discord and let us know. We're going to be happy to clear those things up for you. 
Absolutely. So that comes uh, February 17th. You can begin signing up for the league. We'll open up signups, but you can go into the Discord right now to reaction roles and pick up your league player uh, role. Um, and so you can have that, you know, ready to go just so you're ready. You can jump in and, and grab that whenever you want if you hadn't had a chance to grab it yet. Or like I said, message me. Uh, that's all the announcements that we have. Season three, we're really excited about that. I, I'm, I'm really excited about that. The handicap is coming off of me this time. So I'm going to try to that's right. beat, beat some people on my way. But Heimerdinger still bad and that's what got me the entire way to the finals in legends cast season uh, the the league discord league season one um and uh in season yeah. two i got trounced hard uh but no no mm -hmm. handicaps on me this time um nope. and uh oh I, hopefully i'll be able to play i, I might be adminning but I, I think i'll have the time to be able to nah, play he's gonna play yeah, I'm, gonna... <laughs> I'm making the call he's gonna play <laughs> okay okay i'm gonna play that's right um okay well let's go ahead and jump in to our main segment for the evening because it is quite a doozy what the b is that? Okay, guys, tonight, as you could imagine, our main segment is going to specifically be about the various cards that have been added to the game. So literally as of today, uh, this afternoon, we got the release of the Aphelios Champion expansion that came with a whole bunch of a whole bunch of new cards for uh, for Targon and uh, for well, there was like one for each region beyond Targon. Uh, it is yeah. uh, so so we're going to talk about Aphelios and then and then we also got some card changes which are pretty dramatic and probably warrant actually more conversation than the new cards that we got to be entirely honest with you um but i thought we should probably kick it off with what people are going to want to hear about the most which is Aphilios, because Aphilios is uh is quite frankly he's a pretty big deal he's 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 yeah. def he's definitely a pretty big deal so do you uh, I, I guess i can go over Aphilios and what he does because he's kind of complex so Aphilios is a three mana three three target champion with nightfall pick a moon weapon um to create in hand and then each round the first time you play two other cards create a phased moon weapon in hand if you don't already have one okay so you you create it in hand if you don't already have one when he levels up he gets quick attack he has the same thing except at the round start he will also create one not just whenever uh whenever you like play two cards um and then all of your moon weapons cost one less and he becomes a four four which is pretty typical for you know leveling up a champion and then we've talked about this before but there are a lot of cards that go along with them um so you have calibrum which deals three damage to a follower you have a uh, severum which gives an ally plus one plus two and life steal this round we have uh gra gravidium gravidum uh which stuns an enemy and if it is a follower it will stun it again at the beginning of the next round we have inferium which gives your creature plus two plus one and overwhelm and then we also have summon a two class follower which is cassandra or crescendrum crescendum crescendum um, which is summon a two class follower from your deck if it has nightfall activate it um and then each of these will phase something else which basically just tells you the next time you create a weapon what you're going to get and so for example if you phase if you play cassandra crescendrum crescendrum Crescendum. Crescendum. 
Thank you, DBM. Um, if you play that, you. if you play that, you can get a Calibrum or a uh, Severum. Uh, so I, I could be like literally destroying these names. So you're going to choose. You're going to choose which one it's going to create in your hand the next time that you generate one of these things. So, for example, if you chose to, you know, play this, it summons a two cost follower. Um, you could create a, a, and just know that you're going to get a Severum next, which is going to give you a plus one, plus two and lifesteal this round, which I have found to be extremely powerful. Um, so this guy is really, really interesting, extremely versatile, very complex. Uh, DBN, did, have you had a chance to really check him out? Because I know he, he just came out today and your Wednesdays are usually pretty crazy. Yeah, no, I uh, I hate to say it, but I have not gotten to play Aphelios yet. Uh, I've just been I've been following along with a lot of the new cards and looking at them a lot and, and you know, doing a little bit of deck building in my head. But uh, no, you know, uh, I'm a I'm something of a when it comes to card games, I'm more of a weekend warrior. So uh, not my my weeks are packed. But, um, you know, I'm really excited to, to give him a try. And I think he's really, really fascinating. You know, uh, the first time he was, and when he was initially previewed and we talked about it on the show, I was kind of like, yeah, like he feels overly complicated. But the concept has grown on me. Uh, and, you know, to be completely honest, I also just really enjoy the um, the artwork a little bit. You know, it's a little emo goth, but but that's OK. Like we don't I feel like we don't really have that. Um, so just a, it feels like a little bit of a more a more serious card. We were just talking about that last week. Uh, and so I, I appreciate that. I don't know. I just I think that weirdly, like the the less. The less competitively I play a game, the more. I, I pay attention to artwork because it's one of those things where like if I'm going to play this game and, and I don't like have <laughs> I time to, to play good. it like 24 seven, I want to like what the cards look like. You know, I, I know that sounds so dumb, especially like it feels dumb coming out of my mouth after I've played card games competitively for such a long time, you know, but, uh, but I focus on art way more than I used to. And I don't really know where that's coming from. <laughs> Well, the art in this game is really good, to be fair. Like, the the art in the art in LOR is oh, yeah. really fantastic artwork. Um, so I played him a decent amount today. I, uh, I I finished my Lunar Beast quest or Lunar Ram quest. I can't remember. So with him came this, like, pseudo event. It's not like, so typical events come with, like, a whole bunch of quests and you get, like, a line of, of things that you can unlock and you can buy an event pass and all of that, which it didn't come with. It came with Lunar Rewards whenever this launched, which is a daily login for seven days um and then each day also comes with a lunar quest and if you complete all seven lunar quests you get this super sick like golden bull um like uh like card back it, it's really really cool in addition to that if you log on every day you will get at least one copy of every new card so if you log on today you'll get your first copy of affiliates for example and so if you were like oh, i'd like to experiment with them well they're giving you an opportunity to do that you're not going to get three of them of course but you can go get one copy so if you're new to the game and uh don't want to craft uh you know three copies you can just get that that first one in fact i would encourage you not to craft craft three copies because you're going to get one from the daily login rewards but one of the first daily quest was uh to like summon 20 weapons or 10 weapons or something 20 weapons yeah. i think from him so That's i 20. yeah i did that today now i played i think like 
like one or two games against real people. I played several of games against the computer because I was like, I was multitasking. I had to listen to something else for work. I was on a call. So I was also playing this and I, I needed to be able to like just pause and, and not look at the game in, at times. And so I was playing against the computer and I played Diana Affilios and it was really fun. I, I But I played Shadow Isles, Targon Shadow Isles. Um, and I played the two drop that uh, has a night foot and ephemeral, two mana, two, two ephemeral. Um, that whenever you play it, if you if it was Nightfall, you put a copy of it in your hand, um, which allows you to really power up Diana and very easily and consistently trigger Aphelios's Nightfall. Because one of the hard parts about Nightfall, right, is that you have to play two cards um, and you still have to play two cards, but you're always going to have the second Nightfall card in hand, um, which was something that was really fun. And not only that, but one of Aphelios's weapons will also summon him and automatically put one into your hand as well whenever you summon him to the board so my only two two drops were the two nightfall two drops so it allowed me to crescendrum crescendrum i'm never ever going to get that word right literally ever um uh, <laughs> lets me get those to the board and activate their nightfall so it was kind of like an elusive deck where you used affilios to kind of control the board and gain life diana to be able to control the board to be able to pull stuff in because she's levels up very very quickly in this deck like diana is leveled by turn three turn four pretty much every time um because it's running a lot of the nightfall from those two sets um it is it's a whole lot of fun in fact i, I should probably just pull it up right now um i called it i, I just labeled it the Lunari deck because I just feel like those are the two. I think those are like the two most Lunari champions. Um, but it also runs like it runs Cursed Keeper. Um, and it also so that that one that I was talking about is the Evershade Stalker. It also will it also runs Cursed Keeper. Um, it runs Blighted Caretaker to go with those Cursed Keepers because I found that to be really good. I'm still running Pale Cascade because I found just the ability to Nightfall and Draw was good. It's running Crescent Guardians, Doom Beast, a couple copies of Bastion. I threw in one Moonlight Affliction, which silences two enemies and then makes them unable to block if you Nightfall. And then at the top end, I ran two Nevergade, Neverglade Collectors, I'm sorry, three, and two copies of Cygnus the Moonstalker. Um, and what I found is Nevergade Collector alongside of the Evershade Stalker is just crazy because you just generate a whole bunch. If you're in the late game, you just keep generating a whole bunch of ephemerals and then they all attack, all die, and all drain one um, alongside the, uh, the the Neverglade Collector. Um, it, so it's a lot of fun. I don't know how strong the deck is. I'm not going to say that it's like, wow, like it's really, really good. But uh, I consistently leveled up Aphilios and consistently leveled up Diana. And that's always a good sign for a deck when you consistently level up the most powerful cards in your deck. Oh yeah. No, I mean it at least means that your synergies are where they need to be. Yeah. And Aphilios leveled up is really strong because once he's leveled up, if you have no guns or weapons in your hand, right, he generates one at the beginning of the turn. And then you can I think you can generate another one. And so uh I it was often that I would get to play two or I would save one from the turn before play it and then play a second card to generate another one um i found that i didn't really attack with him very often what i usually did was literally got diana on the board got aphilios on the board and then i used um sort of like the plus one plus two and life steal uh, or the plus two plus one in overwhelm like a diana with overwhelm challenger and first strike or lifesteal challenger and first strike is very very strong 
Um, and yeah. so he just synergizes really well. Like a lot of the spells that you're going to generate, you're going to, you're going to want to put on Diana. Something that I noticed is you just have to be aware of like when you want specific cards, right? Like you, you do often not, you, you, like, you don't want the stuff that's going to buff your creatures on your opponent's turn. You want to, you want to get that stuff on your turn. So you want to like get ready for phasing in stuff that you want on your opponent's turn. Things like summoning a two drop from your deck or stunning an enemy. And so you kind of got to be aware of like, of, of how you do that. It, it, but it's, it was a lot of fun guys is a really, really fun deck. Um, I'm just going to take a moment and share the deck code in the chat. Um, and people can, people can certainly check that out because it's been a, it's been a really fun deck. Philios. Diana, um, really cool. What was your dreams for Philios? Did you have something that you really wanted to play? Um, no, you know, not not really. Uh, I mean, I love Nightfall. Sure. Like, I actually uh, after last week, where uh, uh, I got a little bit of flack for never posting uh, videos to my YouTube, I posted a video to my YouTube. Uh, so, wait, wait, I you, did post- you say you posted a video to your YouTube? That's what that's what I said. Yes. After we were so hard on you. That's right. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. It's, called, it's peer pressure, man. Yeah. That's how. <laughs> that's how it works. That's what makes the world go. That's right. Uh, but yeah, no, I, um, I did, uh, I did post a video that was Diana and Riven. So oh, okay. um, it was, and it's the deck that's actually that was like the the creation, like immediately post from the uh, or immediately after the last expansion. That's the one that I played the most on stream, and it, it's actually just very, very effective. But as you, I'm sure you figured out today, um, Cygnus the Moonstalker is just a baller. Really like, fun, yes. Just absolutely incredible. Um, and so, um, like, making a big, beefy Riven elusive is uh, a very viable way to win. Uh, and honestly, like, oh, yeah, that's the cool thing sure. is, like, like, you can make, you know, uh, even just if you make your... Um, Oh, what's the one the the five three with overwhelm? Uh, that's nightfall. Um, if you uh, just yeah, make yeah, that yeah. one, yeah, crescent guardian, crescent guardian, crescent guardian. Right, yeah. You know that's a great one to make elusive. Boom, ten damage to the face, you win. Like, there's a lot of of really great, really great synergies uh, going on there. So, uh, yeah, no, huge, huge uh, fan of nightfall in general. Um, and so I'm definitely uh, excited to toy around with what the best kind of nightfall combinations are and, and is diana felios is it a felios nocturne is it felios and something else uh yeah and uh i actually know that um i've been chatting with uh gibbles and bits about a a uh a felios list that uh, that he's been he's been tinkering with and actually has been preparing the list to slot a felios in um, but uh, I suspect he's going to be submitting that into deck name game. So maybe we'll do that next week. I think he did. I think he um, did d- submit something to deck name. Oh, game did he? So yeah. We'll have to do uh, that it's, uh, next week. So we've been we've been kind of talking big time. Oh, here. Yeah, he actually mentioned it in chat. Uh, Zoe and Aphelios, um, and then using Sub Percival and Pursuit of Perfection, um, because the moon weapons are created cards. Like yep. you can oh, yeah. really just cycle through them and get a bunch of value there yeah so, i think there's um, a lot of potential with affiliates because they're created cards and you can create them so easily you can also play them with victor um and cygnus with victor would be good i saw someone talking in chat about that as well um because sometimes you can't get victor through and cygnus would be a good way to get victor through because he can get really high attack sometimes 
Yeah. Uh, that would be interesting, yeah. too. But we, we got a lot of other cards, too. So we also had a release of several others. I'm going to run through the Targon ones real quick because uh, I know that there's a couple from the other regions that we do really want to spend a little bit time talking about. Um, but the first one was the Flight, which is a one mana, two, one elusive that just reads Nexus Strike, draw one and shuffle me into the top three cards of your deck. Uh, DBN, I'm curious as to what you think about this because we have never, we've not been super hot on elusive throughout the history of the show. And we said we thought that it could have been done better. And since then, we have seen a lot of iterations on elusive that sort of wall it behind things like nightfall or make it temporary and only last for a turn. This is another take on elusive, which I think is really interesting. Do you have an opinion about this card, about the flight? You know, not really. Uh, it requires the Nexus Strike. It has one defense. Like, I don't think it's ever going to be a problem card. I think it's it's neat. Uh, I mean, I know as soon as I say it's never going to be a problem card, it will become a problem. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Immediately, I hear but, it. But on the surface, there's a lot of ways to deal with it. Uh, so I like it. It's interesting, but it seems like more of a... It seems like you could play it in like a turbo aggro deck but Targon is not usually candidate for turbo aggro. That's true. Right. Um, so that would be the main use I would see it as, as a way to, uh, you know, get more elusive cheap guys to spam onto the board. Um, it might have a role. Actually, it, I can see it being played in like a nightfall list uh, because of its ability to, uh, you know, come down cheap. And then continue fueling your uh, your hand. Yeah, keeps like, drawing I can you cards. Well, and and uh, weirdly, like night, like the nightfall list that I've been playing with Riven, actually, um, the big win conditions are buffing up your Shade Stalker, your uh, Crescent Guardian. You know, either basically buffing up your elusives and your overwhelm units. Mm -hmm. That's how you punch the damage through. It's it's kind of like a slower paced aggro list, or maybe a fast paced mid range list. Like, um, and. You know, potentially you could speed that up with things like the flight um, as a cheap way to generate uh, or to activate your nightfalls, but also, you know, refill your hand because nightfall also wants to be playing multiple things in a turn. Eventually you're going to run out of cards that way unless you have something refilling. So it's neat, uh, but I, I, it's one of the less interesting cards to me, actually, from this there's a lot of interesting cards to me from this uh, grouping. I, I thought they did a great job with it. Oh, yeah. I think the cards in this set are some of the most intriguing and potentially some of the most impactful that we've seen since the KDA cards. And I don't love how impactful the KDA cards are, but I would love these cards to be impactful because of the nature of them. Um, the next one, well, I thought the flight was really interesting because it's like, okay, like they're giving more elusive to the game, but there, there's almost a drawback of playing it in an aggro deck. Yeah, you're drawing, but you're cycling this one drop back into the top three cards of your deck, which isn't something you really want to do. Um, and so I, I thought it was interesting because it could be like a blocker for elusives for target. If they, if like the elusive meta gets heavy and you need like an early game blocker for like a Teemo or a Zoe or... Um, um, any one of like the the various block, you know, the 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 Ionia one that grows or the, the two one that grows. Mm -hmm. um, it could be interesting because it could be used as a blocker, but it also could be used because it's like a pseudo cycle. It's it's almost like a one mana cantrip, right? Where I can or I can turn one, I can draw a new card by playing this thing, and it, and it, it dings my opponent's face. But it but the drawback is right. It would almost be better if it was a one mana two one elusive attack your opponent, Nexus Strike. 
destroy me and draw a card because then I wouldn't have a one drop two one elusive shuffled back into my deck that I'm not going to really want to draw and I have to make some effort in order to get rid of it and it's never going to go away um because otherwise like I could actually see that being played in like a control deck where you just or a combo deck where you want to cycle right you really want to cycle I think that could have been interesting for it um I'm sure that they saw that and that's one of the reasons why they make it uh you know shuffle back in um which which makes a whole lot of sense to me uh chad z's rating our our stream thank you guys so much for that the next card is gifts from beyond gifts from beyond it says a burst it's a two mana burst spell pick a moon weapon and create it in hand um create in hand create pick a moon weapon to create in hand um all the moon weapons are going to be the aphelios ones keep in mind that uh whenever you phase something it's just what aphelios creates next so this is going to give you the the spectrum of moon weapons um I'm going to let you share your thoughts on it, DBN. But my initial thought was glad to have this on the back of Aphelios because this is, if you have an Aphelios on board and you draw another one, this is the card that you're going to get. Probably not going to main deck this card. Very similar to a lot of other champion spells, uh, I guess with the exception of like make it rain at one season um, that you, you, you really wouldn't main deck it. But if you got a copy of it, you wouldn't be upset either. Yeah. Uh, it, it, notably though, if you play it, um, you like if you generate you can generate whatever you want which is great but it also allows you to reset the um like the moon cycles so like mm-hmm. if you pick one it's like let's say that you currently have phased uh you know let's say crescendum right uh and crescendum or sorry um i'm trying to actually yeah crescendum then you can phase either calibrum or severum right um but what if you don't want calibrum or severum uh, you need the stun, you know, for next. example. Yeah. You need the stun one, right? You can basically jump through the cycle and reset it. So you get one that's going to be useful now, and then, but you also pick the one that's going to be allowing you to branch into the one that you want next. Uh, it's basically circumventing the slower pace of like, okay, I only get to generate one per turn or whatever off of Aphelios. Um, so like that, that's what's really fascinating to me is that that ability to reset the cycle into in a different place. You know, um, and all of them are really good. So it's it's but you you never play this without a Felios, I don't think. No, because it's basically two mana, get a two mana spell. It's like four mana right. to play one of a Felios's spells. I, but I think I can that you only see, play Aphelios. But I can see wanting to play it with a Felios, especially now that like a lot of the spell competition in like two and three, excuse me, two and three costs like Pale Cascade nerfed hush nerfed i mean we'll talk about that later but you know there might be more room for spells like alternative spells uh playing targon and and so like when you play aphelios you may want that extra redundancy and also the ability to level them up faster so i think uh, i can see myself main decking i just don't know if i'm going to yet yeah yeah i I don't i i played enough aphelios to say that aphelios generates enough i probably don't need that the next card is the most interesting card of the set by far, of course. Uh, Starbone, two mana burst spell. If you behold the messenger, which is the two mana two two doggo, um, grant celestial allies everywhere, everywhere, plus one plus one. So this goes in your messenger deck, man. Uh, this goes in uh, six simics uh, messenger deck, right? I mean, one hundred percent. This is a cool card. This like kind of makes like the the doggo chain 101 dalmatians deck a little bit viable right it's yeah this is definitely i think my favorite card 
or top three from this uh, from this set, this little mini set. I just, you know, it's not going to be, uh, I don't think doggos are going to be viable, but they're definitely going to be more like Poros. Like they're a playable meme deck or a playable fun deck. You know, um, there's going to be the, the time where, oh my goodness, I get to play Starbone and all of my, you know, uh, Celestials and especially all those messengers that you're going to be able to hopefully loop and, and keep drawing through uh, are going to be even stronger. It's not that it's going to really make that big of an impact on the meta at all, but it's just going to be a, another incentive to play something fun. And I love that. I love getting, you know, the, that idea of like, oh, wow, like I like playing Poros. They've got a lot of Poros support. Poros are never going to be tier one. Well, good. They probably shouldn't be. That would probably be annoying. I hated in Hearthstone when Murlocs were tier one. I hated it. Stupid, annoying, <laughs> ugly fishmen with their gurgles. Please don't make the them tier annoying, one. Please don't make doggers tier one. Don't, well, well, they're better than Murlocs. But That's the point true. being, like those fun tribal slash, you know, like really telegraphed synergies. I think it's cool that they're that they're throwing it a bone uh, and giving it something fun to to play with. I I just love the. I love whatever designer decided, you know what? Let's do something fun with the doggos. They're yeah. popular. People like them for their, their fun, even if they're not, you know, being played a lot. Like let's, let's, uh, let's do something fun. I love that. The, the, it, it, it is less about this individual card and more about, it gives me a lot of faith in the, uh, the design team. Absolutely. And knowing that they're going to come back to something that maybe isn't, you know, performing super well and give them something fun. Yeah, 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 man. And then it just makes it a little bit more viable, a little bit more fun, a little bit more synergistic. And I, I'm down for that. The, yeah. the real question is, is like, is there ever like a celestial deck that wants to run a couple copies of this bone uh, and wants to grab the messenger kind of like early in the game off of something that generates a, a one, two or three celestial? Uh, because it does buff all celestial cards, not just the doggos. Um, so you can buff all the celestials that you'll play forever, which is kind of cool um I, I i think that that's kind of cool I, it's probably not good enough like those celestial decks like the acel decks are, are are too competitive for their spots like you you can't just mm -hmm. splash in doggos but uh still think it would be cool um are yeah. you looking through the cards do you want me to keep announcing them or do you want to tell uh, no 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 through? keep announce i am looking at them but i like that you announce them okay uh the sky shadows a two mana three one creature guys all these cards are from targon so just just until we go somewhere else i'll let you know um when i'm summoned refill two spell mana if you behold a nightfall card um i i looked at this card I'm like I, I don't love this card but i love that they're continuing to explore behold i love that behold did not stay just in either celestials or uh just in eight or more cost cards right i was afraid that behold was just going to be like a troll thing in frail yard with just eight or more cost cards i love that they're really exploring behold and i hope they continue to because behold is actually one of my favorite keywords because it sort of forces you to synergize um and uh and they can sort of give like a bit of a power spike to the card because it has in in like behold is a limitation right because it doesn't always isn't always going to happen you have to build your deck in a certain way to ensure that it's going to happen um so it's not that i'm like like oh i can't wait to play this card in particular but it is like oh like okay it's it, it's a good sign for me that they're going to continue to do behold in other arenas and and other type of cards and decks and, and that's very exciting because i really like behold myself yeah yeah no definitely i mean between this and uh and and starbone you know they they are they're giving you they're using the the keywords and the mechanics in other ways, and yeah, mm -hmm. that, that's just a good trend to have. 
uh, good trend to be uh, involved in. So um, let's think about this. Uh, Sky Shadows, right? Yeah. Like two mana, three, one. Mm-hmm. That's a good stat line. Yeah, if like, you're playing aggressive. Three, sure. two, three, two, or even just even defensive because it's going to trade into... Uh, I've actually talked about this a few times. Uh, unless the creature that unless unless the creature has elusive or overwhelm, uh, the preferred aggressive stat line is usually like two three because it's going to survive a trade and continue snowballing a board, mm. right? Um, so this doesn't have elusive or overwhelm. So in this case, uh, what's cool about or fearsome is another one. Yeah. Uh, but this one is going to be more reflexive. It's going to be able to trade into more things, therefore basically being creature-based removal, uh, if you want to think about it that way. But here's the cool thing, the coolest thing about Sky Shadows, right? It is the perfect thing to go with Nightfall because it can refund itself uh, if you have a Nightfall card you want to play. It's basically free and triggers Nightfall. It's like a better or different version of that Dusk Petal guy. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't say better, but yes, a different. Uh, I'll take. I, I, I would argue better. Uh, di- well, okay. Here's the thing: Dusk Petal guy has an initial investment, but he does allow you to undercurve something, right? So you can play mm-hmm. something ahead of curve with the with the Dusk Petal Bloom or whatever. But the Sky Shadows is really neat because, yeah, it, it's like if you have a Nightfall card that you want to play, this guy comes down refills spell mana okay not actual mana that, that's my thing right the spell mana but, is my thing because what do you want to play with this with the two spell mana hell cascade and what just got nerfed well in nightfall it's still worthwhile like in you 100 still play pale, three pale cascades in nightfall because it cycles a card and you need to be continually generating more cards i agree i um, just feel like oh man like I, it just got well, nerfed but, and that's what it but, went perfect with. but but hang in there because here's the, the the kicker and the reason i love this card um guess what's two mana that you want to play with nightfall oh stalking shadows moon weapons oh that's true oh yeah oh yeah 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 and guess what moon weapon summons a two drop from your deck and this is not when I'm played. This is when I'm summoned. Oh, so this can summon that out. Very interesting. So if you play, I think it's Crescendum, mm-hmm. you can pull Sky Shadows and instantly refund the Moon Weapon because the Moon Weapon was a spell. Oh, you get the spell mana back. That's interesting. Or and you could pull one of your two Nightfalls, you know, your couple of two yeah, Nightfalls. Yeah, you, you, could you could pull the Shade Stalker, sure. Uh, or but you want to, but the, the point is, is that you want to get those things right. Like you, all yeah. of those things are two mana things that you want to get out with Crescendrum. Exactly right, and uh, I honestly just I, I think that this fits really well into the Aphelios, uh package. I feel like it's just a good card overall for Nightfall. Maybe not. It's gonna not gonna be in every list, um. But especially with the moon weapons, this is going to be really, really nice. Uh, and uh, I, uh, I'm really excited to tinker around with it. Um, nice. Plus, plus, especially with the Felios, you need to be able to play two cards in a round to get extra moon weapons, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So you have to consider too that like you're going to need to, you know, cheating man is going to be an easier way to get that done, especially if your hand is a little clunkier with like medium range costs of threes and plus. And this is going to really help you get to that threshold to generate that that uh, moon weapon. 
Yeah, I, I I agree. I agree. I didn't even think about it in that way, but I I I, I always overlook like the play slash summon thing. Um, the next card is the Fangs, uh, which is a four mana three two with life steal. That is play invoke a celestial card that costs three or less. Um, I can't tell if this is not good or a staple. <laughs> like I'm I'm there like because you don't have to do much right play invoke is very good like you're not you, you it's replacing itself with a three cost card there's a lot of very good cards in that you know zero to three mana that are celestial cards that you would definitely want and this has life steal so it's gonna like prolong your game a little bit yeah I'm just like at the four mana spot right like what is it competing with in like the decks that are doing celestial stuff and maybe not enough like maybe not a whole lot it might be it might be perfect for that slot like if you're playing leona it, it is competing for leona um but sometimes you don't want to play leona until she's leveled up so maybe the fangs is great i i think the fangs is is could be really really strong i just can't tell yet but it could be really good in celestial decks yeah i am of the opinion yeah, I'm of the opinion that this is a good card. Uh, I happen to really like the celestial cards of cost three and less. You have the uh, the trickster, mm -hmm. which is an elusive three three, which is great Very for blocking good. enemy yeah. elusives or pushing you know sneaky damage. You have the doggo, which can cycle. You have the uh, zero cost or the excuse me the the one that gives the two cost one that gives. Um, uh, plus two, plus two, and spell shield. Yeah, plus spell shield is really shield. strong. Yep. Even the serpent, I actually happen to really like the serpent as a way to, you know, quickly go and and challenge. Challenge is just a strong keyword, and you know, it's free. The only ones I don't really like is the charger, and I guess honestly, I do. I just generally like most of the three cost and lower. Uh, a lot, of, a lot of them are really good. Yeah. A lot of them are really good. Uh, you know, interestingly, this along with Spacey Sketcher, uh, I was actually talking to Gibbles and Bits about this, uh, does give you additional ways to try to find uh, the messenger for more doggos. Yes. Uh, so you can have some some doggos. So this goes in your doggos deck. Your giant panther, your... celestial panther goes in the doggo deck. Oh, heck sure. yeah. You know, cats and dogs living together. Mass hysteria. Um, and then you'll have uh, you'll have a lifestyle unit to help you stay alive. I, I like it. I, I like this card. I, I don't know if it's a staple. I, I don't think I, I don't think even if it's a good card, I don't think it's a staple, but it's definitely it's definitely good. And I think it can see play, uh, you know, in certain lists that are looking for something to keep generating cards, you know, keep your hands full, uh, you know, plenty of ways to play Celestials like but but I think this one. I think this one is nice if you're not, you know, playing a strictly uh, Targon deck because, like, Mountain Scryer is pretty good, but this kind of competes with Mountain Scryer in the same slot. But it has lifesteal. Yeah, I like this more than Mountain Scryer because it, it it trades up a little bit better and it regens you health. Exactly. I, I like this card. Okay, I'm just gonna say it. I think Fang, the Fangs is a great card. Um, you know, it's it's always tough to project if something's going to be. If something like this, that's a, like a value generator, it's tough to determine if it's going to find instant play or not. But I would keep my eyes on it for sure, and I know I'll be tinkering with it because yeah. I think just anything that generates cards, uh, and especially if you can know what those cards are likely to be, uh, you you can you can have that expectation for it and know what kind of role it's going to fill in your deck. And so if there's a deck that needs that role filled, boom, the Fangs is going to be a big time candidate. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, agreed. Uh, the next card is the Cloven Way. We're, we're going to go back to the landmark because I think that one's going to require some conversation. Five mana, five, four with Overwhelm that reads Nightfall, stun an enemy. If it's a follower, stun it again the next round. So we have a very similar ability to Aphelios's, uh weapon, um, but this one is uh, is on a creature. It's on a five mana, five, four with Overwhelm body. Granted, you have to Nightfall to make it happen. I think that each of these creatures are linked to one of Aphelios's weapons. I'm just realizing that because they're like offering up, like the giant cat in the background, He's they're offering up uh, Severum. Um, and in this one, uh, the, the one that stuns stuff. So it seems like each of his weapons are like inspired i don't know the lore behind affilias it seems like it's inspired by some sort of like celestial entity of some type uh this no, one that, that being a giant gravity a goat. Sense. yeah it, especially with the names of each of them right so there, there's yeah. like a celestial entity that's, that's linked really cool. to each of affilias's weapons i'm just just realizing that now that's really cool i think this card's kind of bonkers is it bonkers is it kind of crazy like okay way. yeah like in a in an aggressive nightfall deck like do you definitely always run this that just say like well i'm gonna play a five mana five four and i'm gonna stun something um i mean i don't think it's like i don't i don't know that it's like is it like leona it, it's probably it's probably goes in leona uh uh yasuo right at the very least um well that's tough there's a lot of competition in the like higher end slots for things that stun uh and nightfall's a little harder because there's a lot of more expensive cards in that yeah. list but i think you're i think you're right on track though that i think that like um aggressive or mid-range nightfall lists which you know a lot of times uh nightfall was exclusively um aggressive but with Aphelios, there's so much more incentive you know and some of these other cards too to run it as a more mid-rangey package um and it's already got a, a, a bonkers finisher with cygnus yes uh, and and really as far as finishers go pretty affordable too uh cloven way just seems like an excellent uh all-arounder option as long as, as especially if you're finding good ways to trigger nightfall consistently and easily uh overwhelm pushes damage that's great that's exactly what you yep. want mm -hmm. uh you know uh, you've got the ability if you know to to give this uh to take okay my opponent dropped an elusive defender all right stun him and stun him again next turn yep um you know some they've got a big beefcake that's going to push damage through on on you okay stun him and stun him again next turn like i really am impressed with this card it's it's not going to go in every deck because it's no. a five drop yeah uh -huh. like five drops in general tend to weirdly see not a lot of play in this game because you know so many champions the, are fives too so many champions are five you're also five drop is the point of the game where you start under curving right mm -hmm. uh to go wider or you start banking spell mana for big impactful spells that's the point of the game where like if you play a uh, you know five or six drop your opponent now has the spell mana to play vengeance or you know frostbite something anytime you attack with it and generally like outperform bigger costed you know tall units with spells um or circumvent it if it's aggro with like elusive units or fearsome or you know whatever um so you need a five drop that's going to do something when it comes down 
and that's this guy. Yeah, and and Gibbles and Bits and uh, Skullhead Soldiers in chat both have pointed out that this is an immediate stun, which doesn't really exist in the game. Almost almost every stun we have in the game um, is either delayed because it waits until the beginning of the turn to stun, um, or it's a skill to stun, which you can counter with uh, deny or by sacking one of your creatures or something, or um, it's a spell, a, a fast speed spell. This happens immediately, so when you play this with Nightfall, it is going to stun the thing um before your opponent can respond i do think that is uh worth noting i think that that's worth noting um because we don't have a lot of stuff in the game that, that does that it's, as far as i'm aware we don't have anything in the game that does that even leona's abilities uh could, it's a skill yeah. it, it could be countered you know it isn't typically yeah. but it could it's a skill that could be countered yeah it's um it's good yeah. Is it going to be, you know, auto include? I don't think any of these cards are are really auto include and that's probably good. I mean, when you see something like Pale Cascade, you're like, okay, very cool. I'm going to play it, but I'm also everyone's going to play it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Very true. Uh, you see a card like, you know, Hush, it's just so I like to see cards that are strong but not like obviously bonkers. So that that feels good, man. That feels good. That's what we want. Okay. So maybe an obviously bonkers card, a four mana, uh, new uh, veil, the veiled temple, four mana target landmark. Each round, the first time you play two other cards, refill two spell mana, or no, refill two mana, and grant your strongest ally plus one plus one. So every time you play two cards, you refill two mana and grant your strongest ally plus one plus one. Four mana landmark. I uh, I cannot tell. I can't say like this isn't as good as Grand Plaza, right? But this does do what the Aphelios deck wants to do. I'm just not sure. You know, Aphelios comes down in three. Like this could be good because I could do like Diana two, Aphelios three, this on four, and then start like putting out weapons and in, in my other Nightfall creatures and consistently buffing my board and just sort of like snowballing a lead. Um, maybe. Uh, four mana is a decent investment though. Like, and I, I think we've kind of seen that in landmarks, like the, the really powerful landmarks have typically been like at three mana, right? Where you don't really want to like at least competitive ones, like they don't get far beyond that. Um, so I'm, I'm a little hesitant because four is a little late to get, a, a it's kind of crazy to say that, but four is a little late to get the landmark on the board. I don't know. So here's, here's my thing. I'm looking at this. It says, it doesn't say refill two spell mana. It refills two, two mana. mana. Yeah. Mana. Yeah. Any man. Yeah. That's true. It's mana. It's real and mana. I guess my question for this, um, so I, I know, I know Gibbles and Bits has a lot of thoughts on this one because, uh, he was telling me about it all when we were climbing. Um, but my question is, and I didn't ask him at the time because I wasn't looking at the card exactly. Um, does this, when you play this, if you then play one more card, uh, does it refill to you two mana on the same, does it include itself in the cards that you're playing and on the same turn that you played it? Because it says if each that's round, the case, yeah. yeah, if it counts as the turn that it came in, and, and I, it should, I, it's by reading the text, it should, but you know how sometimes these things are like, um, because like if you play this and you play one other little thing then really this card costs two mana that's true but it, it it's true but then it has to come down on turn four still i mean it costs two mana but it it's a delayed two mana right it has to come down to four right so yeah it still has to come down to four but but like when you get it down you know throwing on turn five or six throwing two mana away for something does nothing immediately isn't as big of a deal as throwing four mana away for something that does nothing immediately. Right? Yeah. Plus, 
technically, especially if you can play with one other card, if you can oh, play with one other card, it, uh, it'll buff one thing as well. It Okay, so real quickly, it says other cards. So each round, the first time you play two other cards. Other cards. That, that was just okay. pointed out so by Okay, so you'd Nat have Rose. to play three cards to get value on the same turns you play. Yeah, that's a lot harder to do. I still think it's okay, but you're going to need to play it in the slower-paced deck. Like, I don't think Aphelios needs it unless you're trying to take Aphelios to a late-game situation. If anything, to me, this seems more designed for something like that wants to wear out your opponent through attrition, right? Yeah. Like, generating a lot of cards, drawing a lot of cards, like a karma deck or something like that, something that's trying to... You know, keep replicating things in hand and discounting them. Um, that's what it seems like to me. Yeah, I just don't know. Like it, the the tempo that you get with it, right, just screams aggressive strategy, right? Plus one, plus one, and refill two mana just tells me like, okay, I'm I'm just trying to swarm the board and I'm trying to win that way. You know, maybe there's a place. Maybe maybe this goes in like a Targan Ionia elusive aggro list. Like an aggressive, elusive mm -hmm. list. Um, I could see it going in that, that it's just like, okay, I'm going to keep buffing my elusives, making them harder to get rid of. And uh, and I have some Nightfall that I'm running already. You know, I could see I could see you playing maybe even like a Philios with, uh, with Ionia and playing an elusives list. Elusives aren't in a great place right now, so maybe that's kind of crazy, but... Uh... I yeah I I it, it's an interesting it's an interesting landmark, um I'm yet to believe that it's like amazing is, is my thing like I just am not sure, right yeah no, I get that yeah let let's try to blow through some of these other ones because I know there's one specifically that we want to talk about we're going to other regions now Bilgewater summon a uh, powder uh, pandemonium four mana yeah. summon a powder monkey uh, give a random enemy vulnerable this round for each time you've activated plunder this game um going back to plunder and powder monkeys and we like powder monkeys around here we do we're we're powder monkey fans i i'd hazard to guess um so yeah and this powder gives monkeys. us more powder monkeys i do i do love powder monkeys cotton um here's the thing like uh four mana Slow. I mean, well, slow. That rhymes. A lot of Bilgewater things are slow. Um, <laughs> what's strong about this is the giving vulnerable. The thing is, like, you look at this card and you think, whoa, if I've plundered six times, I'll get six powder monkeys and and make all of their things vulnerable. Well, that's not good. If no, nope. because if you're able to play six powder monkeys, it means you don't have anything else on the board. Uh, yep. and this is and, often like most often maybe two and giving an enemy you know random enemy vulnerable that's 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 pretty good but you need something that's going to capitalize on on it and generally the powder monkeys won't do that so here's the situation where this is useful if you've if you've plundered you know three or four times and you have two or three guys that are on board that are pretty decent your opponent's got two or three guys you play the powder pandemonium and really, you care more about giving their all of their things vulnerable and then just filling out the rest of your board with things that'll do chip damage. It's not bad in that situation, but you just have to remember, like, that's a situation you want it in, is a situation where you're on, like, turn seven. You got seven mana and maybe two banked. You got three guys that are of decent size, and there's something you need to kill. Okay, powder pandemonium i've been plundering i've got some cool stuff maybe i stole some stuff you know whatever uh and um 
now I all of your stuff is vulnerable. Oh, and I also filled out the you know the rest of my board. Let's say two. I have two powder monkeys to fill out my board. Cool. Um, now the powder <laughs> monkeys can go after something if they're weak, and everything else can deal with your board as normal. The situation, the issue is, I just don't know what plunder based deck needs vulnerable that can't and can't already get it better. Yeah, and and also has beefy enough units to want to trade through vulnerable. Yeah, this is not a card that I was super impressed with. Uh, it's fun and funny, and maybe something will pop up that's like bonkers, but I just don't see it. Yeah. Uh, I, th I think this one is going to fade away very quickly. And then I think the exact same thing about the next one. Um, Molten Breath, it's the Demacia card. It is a yeah. six-mana slow spell. An ally with fury strikes the two weakest enemies. Uh, it's bad. Yeah, I think this is a really bad card. It's a really bad card. Yeah, this is uh, bad. It just goes with low the speed. bad dragon package. Yeah, bad dragons. Uh, dude, Concerted Strike is so much better. Way now, here's the thing. Better. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Molten Breath is another card that strikes and doesn't get striked back. But Concerted Strike is fast speed, uh, and you can choose your target, and it doesn't have to be Fury. This yeah. is slow. It has to be Fury. And it strikes weakest things. So that means there's plenty of times where you're not actually going to be able to get rid of the only thing, thing that you want to get rid of. That you really need to get rid of. This is a terrible card. Yeah, this, and it costs this, one more than Concerted Strike. <laughs> this should cost three or four. This shouldn't cost six. Yeah, I'd say I this should know. cost four. There are, and then be, it still probably wouldn't be good enough. There are going to be times where this card clears your opponent's board. Right, that your opponent is Not behind, but there's going to be times when like your opponent's behind, and uh, and you get a dragon down, and then you can play this and clear the two creatures that they place on their board, and uh, and get plus two plus two. Um, there's going to be times when that happens. It's just not going to be super frequent. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's bad, it's bad, it's bad. This is one of the ways that you can strike with a dragon with fury without taking damage back. There's not many ways to do that because the two main Demacia strike cards, well, no, I, I guess no, uh, Concerted strike. strike, you don't strike that. Yeah, that's bad. It's bad. If Concerted Strike didn't exist, then you might look at it. Might. But Concerted Strike exists, so this card needed to be, yeah, like four mana or less. Honestly, I, I, I at three mana, I would wonder if I would play this. <laughs> it's bad. Okay, well, we know it's bad. Let's talk about a card that's not bad. How about that? It's from Failure. Uh, yeah, okay. Troll cool, Gifts. Uh, two mana, burst speed. Well, guys, just so you know, when it says burst speed, I already like it, right? Like, I, I already <laughs> like burst speed. Burst speed. Oh, man. Two mana, burst speed, grand and ally, regeneration. Okay, but if it already has it, Granite plus two plus two instead. Versatile, mm. powerful, mm. can save yeah. the life of something your opponent can't finish off, but they were able to block. They're going to be able to trade into better next round. Um, it's going to give them a regeneration permanently or a plus two plus two permanently, and it plays at burst speed, and you only have to bank two spell mana for it. I think that Troll Gifts is really good. This is a, this is, I mean, the so the hard thing, right, is that it is competing for Troll Chant. It's competing with Troll Chant, right? Yep. And, and sometimes you're really, really going to want the plus two, plus two, and you can only get the regen on your creature. Yeah. That, that's a reality. But I still do think it's a good card. 
Um, I think it's a good but niche card. And I'm willing to be wrong on this, but um, it's so there's going to be a lot of times like you only play this in a deck that has a fair amount of regeneration already. Mm-hmm. And the reason is you're going to hold it in hand and you're going there's going to be times where you wish that it gave the plus two plus two. But the thing that you want to buff doesn't have regen. It basically it is not a guaranteed thing it doesn't always do what what it says it's going to do right mm-hmm. because or it's always got, do what it, you want it to do right so it's it's like okay it's it, it'll give region and sometimes it's going to be something it's going to die giving a region does absolutely nothing sometimes giving something region is going to be great and your opponent's going to go son of a gun i don't know what to do mm-hmm. but that inconsistency of you know usefulness right? Where sometimes the region's going to be bonkers. Sometimes it's going to be completely useless. And then the wanting it to give plus two, plus two instead, which is very strong. Burst plus two, plus two, very strong. Yeah. Uh, And by the way, it's burst plus two, plus two that sticks around. So if it's already on a region creature, you'll get that health right back permanently. Like that's strong. So what Troll Gifts is, is a very strong card for a deck that has a lot of region already. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. I don't think it gets played in other. I don't think this gets played in any failure deck that isn't running like Trundle, and and friends. Trundle and friends. Yeah, I think like Trundle, like Troll, Troll Ravager is is really good. Like that's the two targets, right? Trundle, Troll Ravager. Maybe if you're playing like a Garen deck, like this card would be great on Garen because he already has regen, right? Um, yeah. Does it get played on leveled up Vlad? Uh, I should never open up that box of worms. Yeah, don't don't do that to me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe. I mean, uh, Freljord and um, and Noxus are the way you play Vlad. So, uh, I think uh, it's a cool card. It's a good card. It's just not the scope in which this is useful isn't huge. Yeah, Marywell of storms. Marywell storms in chat said Braum. There's some validity to that. Clip, that oh, absolutely. This There's go- validity with Braum. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. But Braum decks are bad. <laughs> uh, well, Brom decks are bad now. Maybe that makes Brom, Brom decks, decks might better. be less bad if you can have a burst two cost that always gives it plus two plus two, All, like always. Yeah, I mean, think about like back in the day, people would uh, go and play. What was the uh, um, that hit? You know, Brom's card. It's a it gives plus three plus yeah, three take to a wounded creature. Take, take hard. hard. So people would would facilitate that because it was a permanent plus three plus three that would go on Brom. But you'd have to get through that initial trade first. Now you can swing the very first time you swing with them, slap a plus two plus two bonus on. They didn't know that was coming, uh, and now you're trading with something, right? And it's that much harder to kill it uh, before it goes away. I think that's a great thing, and it might actually bring Braum back to uh, prominence because you don't have to wait till after he trades, uh, and it's all within that same faction, so you don't have to go to a different faction to get the the buff. Um, and the buff sticks around. I, that's great. That's a great point. Yeah. Well, you gave uh, you definitely gave uh, DBN something to go try because he loves Braum. Um, I do love Braum. Our Ionia card is a fury, a flurry of fists, a burst, three mana burst. So another burst. We like that. We like burst. A grand ally plus one plus zero in quick attack. Not bad, but we do have a one mana burst. Give it plus one plus zero in quick attack. Um, if it already has quick attack, give it double attack instead. 
Interesting. Yeah, this is, this is a great card. You like this one? Uh, yes, for, for one main reason. Riven. I, I actually don't want to play this, and I don't want this to be played against me. First off, yes, we do already have something that gives plus one a quick attack, but it only lasts for the round. This permanently grants oh, yeah, plus true. one a quick uh -huh. attack. And uh, giving double attack to a uh, elusive creature is going to be mind-numbingly unfun. This creates uh, elusive OTK, and I don't know if it's good yeah. enough to get through if like Ezreal's popular at the time or you know PNZ or things with a lot of removal or if they're popular at the time, okay, maybe it's not going to be valid. Uh, but uh, now that Hush got nerfed, I'm really concerned about what a elusive deck that's running Young Witch and uh, slapping you know quick attack on another elusive unit and then you give it double attack, it bounces up to like seven attack and boom, you just got hit for 14. Yeah. Uh, Flurry of Fists concerns me a little bit for its OTK potentials. And, and generally speaking, I really don't like OTK decks. Um, even if they're not tier one, I just, I just, yeah, don't like it. Yeah, you're right. This does equip, th th this does enable an OTK deck. I, I was thinking of like Riven, right? Like this card on Riven, like after you put, she just well, got buffed, right? You give yeah. her, you give her quick attack, right? And you give her plus two, plus zero. If she's leveled up, you're giving her plus four, plus zero, and you're giving her overwhelm. So you would, you would be giving her plus with this card. You would be giving her on a turn plus five, plus zero, overwhelm and double attack. And overwhelm with double attack is busted because you quick attack the creature and kill it, and the damage goes over, and then you keep going and you attack the opponent's face as well. Um, that is, cr that seems really strong. Like, I, I really want to try Flurry of Fists with, uh, with Riven for sure. Like, that's, that's happening. That's happening. Yeah. And also, uh, to be fair, double attack on, double attack and overwhelm on Lee Sin would be very strong. Um, double attack on a lot of champions are strong. Double attack on any champion that has overwhelm is going to be very strong. Very, very strong. Very, very strong. Uh yeah, and to answer Mary Wall of Storm's question, I I don't actually like Fiora that much. I I like Fiora from a card power standpoint. I don't like Fiora from a uh like game enjoyment standpoint. Yeah, so, the permanent the permanent buff is crazy. Like the yeah. permanent buff of Quick Attack is is really strong on things like Fiora on a lot of different things. Um, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, I I I think that there's. There, there's some stuff there. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to. Uh, I'm gonna go to the one of the ones last because I know that that one will be the one you want to talk about. Stress testing P and Z. Uh, one mana burst. Remove fleeting from all cards in hand. When I'm discarded, draw oh, yeah, double one. Attack on Draven. And it's fleeting. Double attack on Draven. Yeah, that's good too. That's pretty strong. Yeah. yeah. That's that's. Uh, good. I mean, then you have to play with Ionia, but yeah, just generally. Yeah. Like, you, there's a lot of things that are that it's gonna be okay on. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, stress testing. Sorry, I was yeah. still still thinking about that. It's also <laughs> That's an okay. interesting comment in chat. Yeah, uh, yeah. Remove remove fleeting from all cards in mm -hmm. hand when I'm discarded. Draw one, and it's fleeting, so you always discard it. Um, interesting. This is a picture of Vi's uh, fist. Um, yeah. So, I mean, do you run it with like the the, the celestial card that fills your hands with fleeting celestials? That's my first thought. Um, potentially. Uh, you also could run it with like um, Twisted Fate, uh, like Twisted Fate, uh, and like, the, or at least with the card that, you know, draws three, three. and then makes uh -huh. them fleeting. 
Um, I don't like my brain gets burned thinking about this card because now I have to go look up all the fleeting things and then it, figure out it's fleeting what, itself. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Um, so yeah, I just um, it's just kind of a brain burner that I don't feel like thinking of. I'm sure it's good for some crazy combo deck, but I just don't feel like trying to predict what that's gonna be. Uh, because then I have to go look up what all the fleeting cards are, and then determine. You know, what deck would benefit from making fleeting things not fleeting? It's just uh, someone someone with more time uh, to pour into the, this can figure that out for me. But overall, I actually think it's not a bad card because of its potential to do some wonky, crazy, fun things. Uh, or maybe some unfun things. So I would tentatively say uh, good and or scary. Yeah, I I don't know. I just can't tell because it's fleeting, right? The hard part is is you can't keep this in your hand to use it at the right moment. You have to use it the, the turn that you draw it. So you have to be prepared to get this thing in hand. Um, I think that limitation, I think, makes this card bad. I think in theory it's good, and then you'll play it, and you'll be like, oh, man, like I, I just never have this card at the right time. At the end of my turn, I always end up discarding it, and I just can't use it for what I want to use it for to pull a combo off or something. Yeah, certainly possible. I mean, it it would it would be a card that would supplement a card a deck that draws tons and tons of cards, some of which would be fleeting. TF, yeah, TF. Uh, uh, it's yeah, TF, sure. I, I yeah, and again, um, I mean, you're right. Someone's gonna have to really finely tune the list for it to be good. But I mean, that's what these types of cards ask of players. Like that's why people make these types of cards, right? Mm -hmm. Is so that they say, hey, players break this and it will be really cool and then we'll nerf it <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> yeah it, it has that it has that in it i i think that uh the retire team has done a pretty good job of keeping things from getting broken by putting these really kind of unique uh limitations on it and just throwing fleeting on that card i think that uh i think that that is i, I yeah. think that that's a significant limitation uh because the timing is hard to pull off um, the next card, Shadow Isles, Gluttony. We don't have to talk long about this one. Three mana fast spell, kill an ally with last breath, then summon a follower from your deck that costs one more. Um, kind of going with the Vault's Helia theme here, but also with the last breath theme, right? Because Vaults wants to yeah. summon something one higher. Um, I don't have a really strong opinion about this card. I, I don't know that I, like, I always just go to Cursed Keeper, right? And like, okay, how good is this with Cursed Keeper? What three drop do you want to draw to your deck? I just feel like, uh, I feel like Shadow Isles has a lot of ways to already sack stuff. Um, and maybe I'm missing something here though that you've thought of, but I just didn't have no, anything No, I mean, it, it's not terrible with like Undying. Yeah, that's like the true. Undying. Uh, but there's so many other things that are really good with the Undying. I don't feel like Gluttony is needed. Shadow Isles has no issues going super wide. They have no issues drawing to find something that they want to get to. So it's like, this seems like if there was some, you know, a card that you really wanted to get super consistently, then okay, maybe. Um, but Shadow Isles has Stalking Shadows and Glimpse. They don't really have that issue. And then again, if you were like, man, I really need more ways to, you know, to to uh, kill my Last Breath stuff. Well, they already have plenty of ways to do that. Like you have Glimpse. You have the uh, what is it? The echoing guy, the uh, mm -hmm. rev um, ethereal remitter, mm -hmm. who's really great with like uh, like the undying. Blow up your undying, get a five drop. It's random, but it's it's a five drop. You know, um, so like there's no 
there's no lack of ways to blow things up. This seems a little superfluous, uh, neat, cute, even, but not great to yeah. me. Uh, you'll need to show me a reason to pull a specific drop from your deck and tell me why you can't just wait to draw it. Yeah, I mean the thing that it the thing that it works on right is Anivia, which pulls the Rekindler, right? I mean it just automatically does it. But so often you just I don't know. It's, I think there's sometimes that you don't really it, it it's fast like people can respond to it. Maybe maybe there's maybe there's I, I it does work like this definitely goes in your Anivia deck. I just don't know how good Anivia decks are, and I don't know that this was the thing that like this was the gap that Anivia decks had. Right, Anivia decks didn't typically have the gap that says once I get to Anivia I can't keep making Anivias. They yeah. have always been able yeah. to do that. The, the problem is could... they can't get to Anivia. <laughs> If you could summon a champion with this, that'd be so cool. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah, it'd be would so be cool. cool if you could summon a champion with this. Barring you have to target something don't... with last breath. Yeah, I think I think like the the clear indicate like Anivia into Rekindler is like the the clear use, and maybe you do run one or two copies of this in that deck. But the, in my opinion, that's not what Anivia decks struggle with. They don't struggle yeah, to they, do this thing. They, they don't. Um, yeah, I I you know you can definitely do some things. Uh, uh, Skullhead Soldiers points out that you could cheat out like a 7-7 Crocolisk. That's pretty cute. Like you can run like Undying, blow it up, get a Crocolisk. Like, yeah, that's cute. But but here's the other thing. Like, what if you don't have a Last Breath card down? Like this card's Guns completely dead, dead sitting in your dead hand. Card. Glimpse Beyond, you can blow up anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't uh, love it. Don't love it. Well, I know that you love Wild Claws. Uh, Wild Claws is our yes. Noxus card. I know that you love this that. Is... Five mana, slow spell. An ally strikes yep. an enemy. Okay, not struck back, just strikes an enemy. If yep. it has Overwhelm, deal excess damage to the enemy Nexus. This card's not good. Talk. This card's not good, but this card is fun, and it goes in the direction that I want to see Noxus. So... I want to see Noxus go in the direction of blowing through defenses, like literally overwhelming the opponent and blowing through the defenses uh, with overwhelm. Like I want to see them in the play styles encourage you to play big beefy boys with a lot of attack and overwhelm and ways to, you know, either uh, increase your efficiency at uh, getting those guys to live uh, or increase your efficiency at how much you can get out of them before they drop. Like, think about, like, you know, just this awesome Vanguard dude charging in and taking out three dudes before he finally drops and how much damage he can do to the Nexus. Like, that's the that's the design space I want to see Noxus in thematically. I really like uh, Whirling Death for that reason. I really like Armored Tusk Rider for that reason. Heck, I even like Darius for that reason, even if he's boring. And Wild Claws shows that they see that too. And like respect that design space for, um, you know, for Noxus, even if Wild Claws in and of itself isn't bonkers. I still think I can, I still can see myself playing one or two copies of this if I'm likely to have, like, if like I, this, this makes me want to go fetch Darius and play around with Darius, right? Because Darius can now say, okay, I've got 10 attack and overwhelm. I'm a beefcake. I'm a stud. What do you got? Okay, I'll throw down a, a you know, a you, I'll throw down a dusk pedal guy, two one, and they don't even think about the implication of that. Mm -hmm. They just allowed you to do ten damage to their face directly, uh, yeah. without attacking. Yeah, I think that that is where this card shines. Right? Is it's it's almost burn. 
um, or reach for it's it's decks. definitely it's, reach. It's reach for the decks. What I wish is that this but it's card also was removal. Fast. But, but that's the thing. It's, it's removal it's and also, reach. Well, if it was fast, this card would be absolutely nuts because then I know. you could I just use it to, to remove. Yeah, I mean, me too. But like, imagine if my armor tusk rider was you know attacking. They put up a blocker, let's say, with like four defense. Okay, I'm getting two damage through right now. If I play Wild Claws, hit that thing, they take two damage, and they take another six damage when Armor Tusk Rider goes through. Uh -huh. would, it's what Whirling Death already can do, right? But with the Better. ability to do even more damage, uh -huh. right? It, it, would be, it would be untenable, and there's really no way to play around it. Because as the defender, you're looking at like, okay, either they have this or they don't have this. Like if Wild Claws was, was fast, I mean, you'd say if they have this, I lose, but I can't not block, right? So it would be a very unfun situation for players to be in if this was fast. But yes, it would be absolutely ridiculous. At slow speed, it still serves the function of I get to kill something huge and not get you know not take retribution on my big character that I want to stick around. It also gives you the ability to be I want to push damage. I'm going to beat up on their little scrub guy, and you know. Uh, flank them and sneak damage through the uh through the through the flank that's kind of how i'm just visualizing this as like a army you know a, a war party but like that that's how i see wild claws is like it's it's yeah it's not uh it's slow speed which is bad and it's a little pricey but with spell mana the the, the priciness always is is overinflated so to sure. me i look at yeah. this and i say i get to if i have if i'm playing beefcakes this is a way I can go and kill their Ezreal. I can jump the bench and kill whatever. And it's in Noxus. I don't have to go raid and you know Demacia for um, a single combat. I can now have a way to hit the back line with my big guys in Noxus, right? Because sometimes, you know, sometimes like uh, the the um, Noxian Fury or, or whatever is not enough. You know, th there's not tons of like super dedicated kill things in noxus and and i just it's not going to be able to be played super well in things like like a swain list right because you know swain doesn't have that much attack a lot of the things in his deck don't have that much attack i mean leviathan's pretty good but even that for an eight drop doesn't have much but like with a captain farron or something you know or you know like i said a tusk rider or even that uh, basilisk rider if you're playing if you can play an allegiance deck this gives you some some ways to uh, make that archetype, which as of right now has no real reason to play that over something else. This gives it something of an incentive, even if the card may not may end up falling flat compared to other things. Like I just still like the potential that it offers. Yeah, I uh, I like all of those things that you said. Um, and I every every scenario that I thought of, like oh my gosh, this blows out the game, right? It, it's at fast speed. Um, so I don't love that it's at slow, but I understand why it's not at slow because I do think it's probably too bonkers at slow. Um, but I uh, you mean it fast? At, yeah, at fast. Sorry, I think I think it's it could just be completely busted and and just warping it fast. But I really wouldn't mind if there was a season in which this type of Noxus deck was warping. Either <laughs> like, like that's the thing. It's like ah no, like I want this to work. Like I I want this to be fast, and I actually want this to be strong, right? And it does seem like this team does make certain pushes, certain archetypes at different times that they know are going to make strong. Like they knew Lee Sin was going to be really warping. To the meta for a season like they had to have um they've known that certain things they're gonna push i i i was like i, I can see this common. push and i would be okay with it 
Well, and that's that's actually pretty common game philosophy in like MOBAs, which of course Riot has mm-hmm. the the biggest. Um, like that's that's pretty common philosophy. Like if you ever try to completely perfectly balance a MOBA, the MOBA environment's gonna be bad, and something that's gonna be really strong that you didn't intend to be strong usually makes it a, a non fun environment. So instead, the philosophy is basically change things up and basically force a meta in and of itself that you think will be enjoyable or at least a change of pace for the players who play consistently. Yeah. Right. Uh, It's not a perfect philosophy, but it's kind of the best you can do. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if that philosophy has bled into uh, LOR and maybe it might even be a good thing. I mean, Mm -hmm. um, you know, they, the, the, the phrase that people say is perfect is the enemy of good. Right. And so, trying to find a perfectly 100% balanced environment is unattainable. And if anything, the pursuit of that, the pursuit of perfection, if you will. Yes. Perfection. uh, Perfection. The pursuit of perfection uh, often leads designers to uh, kind of run away with things and accidentally take something too far or uh, that they didn't intend uh, or, you know, try to tinker with things just so that that the metas and strategies become rote and boring and predictable and you know uh you can't you know uh experimentation declines and stuff like that so um yeah that's my thoughts on this but wild claws back to the kind of the root of this wild claws to me is exciting and allows me to play the things that i want to play even if it's not going to be tier one it's not going to be tier one i'm pretty sure but it darn it if it's not going to be a cool uh, and and it, it will be impactful if you build around it. It mm-hmm. will be impactful. So to me, that's all that matters. I agree. So DBN, I'm looking at what we have to talk about yet in the patch notes. And I'm looking at the fact that we've been recording for an hour and a half. And I'm thinking maybe we talk about patch notes next week. What do you think? Or is there, well, or, or yeah, do we want to be selected? I, I actually was thinking about this. I was thinking that talking about patch notes next week might actually be even be better because we'll be able to see the impact. Yeah, of what right? this There's, has done. It is absolutely huge. And I, we can make our predictions on what the impact is going to be. But I, I think this time around, I would like to wait and see what the feedback is, you know, what's getting popular. You know, I'm sure, I don't know if we'll see a meta report in time, but I would just like to, you know, kind of gauge the thing, play around with some of these changes, especially the ones to Victor uh, and Riven. Uh, Riven being that I yeah, that's one really, really enjoy. I, I already love Riven. It's probably my favorite champion out of the entire Targon release cycle. So like, um, I'm very excited for some of these changes. Some of them I'm not. I, I, I'm I of the opinion. I think that the, maybe uh, they went too far with Pale Cascade and Hush. <laughs> Pale Cascade, maybe <laughs> yeah. not. Hush, I guess I just, I guess I just don't, yeah. I just like Hush. Some people hate Hush. We're not the two of those people. We're, but, we're not the people yeah. that hate Hush. Yeah, we're not. Pale Cascade, I actually can see. I will, uh, I will but, only but say There's this. a lot to talk about there, and I just want to see how it pans out. Yeah, I think next week we'll talk about it from a slightly different perspective, a little bit of time. Uh, only say this, I love the MF uh, card back. I think the MF card back is really cool. Um, yeah. And uh, it's probably going to get me to throw a little bit of money at the game again um, because I, I really want the MF card back. I just think it they did a really good job. The other one's an Aphelios card back. It's cool too, but I, I really like the MF card back. And Isn't now there a that Messenger's I'm a, card back? Uh, it's, not, it's not Messenger's. It's called The Beast, which is... Oh, okay. 
I don't know if I don't think it's the messenger. It, it's like a doggy. It's like a dog thing or like a lion creature. Everyone likes dogs. Yeah, there isn't. I mean, there's a new board. There's a new board. The board looks cool. There, there's lots of stuff that look cool. Um, and uh, I I'm gonna check it out. Maybe maybe this is the time that I buy a new board. Who knows? Yeah, it can't hurt. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, Whoa, cosmetics. Woo, hurt. My wife will hate um, me for it, but. They're, they're cool. I do always enjoy when you say throw money at the game because I just picture the fry meme. So, uh, I, you know, the, the shut up and take my money. Oh, You've yes. I, I'm positive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have seen it. Yeah. And I, yeah. Well, I kind of feel that way. Sometimes with the stuff that comes out, <laughs> I, I just like, I feel like I just take cash out of my wallet and throw it directly at my computer screen. Um, yeah. I no, that's even... literally what I'm picturing and, and I'm enjoying it. I, now imagine if the computer screen just sucked it up, you know? Well, that is kind of how Riot has made most of their money. They have sucked up money through computer screens um, and built an empire off our sucked up money. Well, that's metaphorical, um, but I mean literal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, literally, I want to see the, I want to see a little a little mimic mouth show up and munch on the money and, as you throw it and out. munch it down. Yeah, that would be yeah. Good. Well, yeah. okay. Let's uh, beans. We're gonna touch pat touch on patch notes next week and the card changes and kind of how that's impacted the meta. Let's work our way out of here tonight and uh, and let's close up with some closing thoughts. And I thought I was already perfect. Okay, guys, the closing thoughts, uh, the intention of closing thoughts is that if you've taken an hour and a half to listen to us talk about LOR, hopefully you don't just become a better LOR player by this podcast, but you become better at life as well. Um, my closing thought is kind of it, it just something that I've been pondering recently and, and the power of something very specific, and that is the power of mutual respect. Um, I have uh, I've encountered a lot of people in the community that don't think, believe, or even probably act or, or whatever kind of similar to me. Um, I actually had a conversation with someone tonight who's just come from a very different background than me. And I was just hanging out with them and uh, had a great, great conversation. Um, and in through like 2020, one of the things that became like very, very clear to me wasn't just that, you know, we have a, a problem in our culture across the board with a lot of different things, um, but just like the sheer lack of mutual respect for people who are on the opposite side of an issue or a thought uh, than you are um, has been kind of disturbing to me. Just like we we supposedly sort of live in this culture where violence is being eliminated and that people um, you know care more from each more for each other than ever before and they support one another and we fight against all of this injustice and then we have like very very little mutual respect for people who think or act differently than us and uh and granted there's certain behaviors that can't and shouldn't be respected um that are just wrong um and uh and we typically you land in prison for many of those things um but uh, i just i just was thinking about like how powerful mutual respect is and just your ability to build healthy relationships and to learn like if you can't mutually respect somebody um if you can't share respect between you and somebody else it's very very difficult to learn because when you you put yourself around people that are very very similar to, to you and kind of would do the same things that you do and think the same things that you think it's very difficult to grow in that environment and if you can't respect people who are different than you then you can't be around them often enough to actually learn from them and uh, I was just thinking about that because I have I have one person in my life who I really really struggle to respect and then I have these other people in my life that are very different than me um, who I, I respect immensely and I think respect me um, and I want to have more relationships in my life like the latter type where um, there's this mutual respect between between me and the other person. So th that was my closing thought. I, I, I just want I, I want to increase the level of respect for uh, other people um, who are who are different than me in my life. I think that makes our lives 
better um, and more engaging. Yeah. And we and we learn stuff a lot quicker that way as well. And one of the things that's I think important with that too is you know though it's really hard for people to grant respect instantly. Um, and so there's a lot of people that I run into that demand instant respect. Mm-hmm. Um, and my response to that is there is a, there is different levels of respect. There is respect for human life. There is respect for common decency, uh, you know, and, and cultural, you know, uh, manners and whatnot. Um, but then there's, there's, you know, a whole nother respect of respect of an individual and respect of an individual's. Uh, autonomy and beliefs and whatnot. And I find that that is significantly harder to develop uh, or, or, you know, to grant instantly. And I don't. And part of the, the issue there is, you know, if you find yourself walking around saying, you know, why does nobody respect me? Why does nobody, you know, why don't people just, just grant me that, you know, audience, you have to start thinking about what you've done to demonstrate that you are worth respecting and demonstrate that you, you know, are someone who has built a trust, whether within your community, whether on an individual basis or whether just through your other actions that they've heard about. Uh, Because, I mean, I think I, to me, trust is just kind of the center point of respect. Um, and, and even if it's just trusting that they're, Hey, they've got a good head on their shoulders, you know, they're, they're smart. They know what they're talking about or trust that, okay, that guy's pretty even keeled. They're not going to blow up if, you know, I say something that, you know, isn't of their, to their liking, um, or just, you know, trust that they've done a lot of good and they want to see, you know, their neighbors and humankind uplifted. I mean, that, that's, that's basic. That's where if you want to have that respect, you need to start doing things in your life that would earn it and be worthy of that respect instead of just walking around demanding it to be granted. And we've all been guilty of that at times where you, you just wonder they should just respect me. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's just one of those things that maybe, maybe they're not respect. They, maybe they're genuinely not respecting you when they should maybe. Right. Um, you know, but but more commonly, it's something that you kind of have to build up to, and um, and you know, so just start thinking about that. You know, when you evaluate, is somebody worthy of my respect? Um, and they are, and if they say something that you you don't like, then I think one hundred percent what Mark's talking about, like you, you know, our society will benefit from you extending that. Hey, they've done a lot. I, I trust that they're a good person at heart. Um, I I need to extend them the res- the mutual respect so we can talk about this and get to the root of the understanding right and then by the flip side you know that person needs to have earned it and you need to be willing to extend it and then on the other hand is maybe you haven't done enough to earn their trust and to earn their respect so just just think about that there's just some just some food for thought just a little i think about this anyways something that's what I think and i i just got like three more closing thoughts off of that conversation so perfect i'm prepared um for future weeks now <laughs> <laughs> uh guys that's gonna do it for this episode uh but dbn how can people get connected with you well uh Discord is going to be the predominant method of chatting with me, but I did just post a YouTube video. Um, so that is uh, Dead Broke Nerd on YouTube, and you can see my now all of a sudden 
out of date Riven uh, Diana Nightfall list in some ways immediately it's gotten out better. of date. <laughs> in other in other ways it's gotten worse. Uh, I was running three pale cascades and three three hushes. Um, the pale cascades are staying. The hushes may not. Uh, <laughs> but hey, uh, Blade Squire just got way better. Yes, he did. So yes, he did. I, uh, so you can check that out. I, I think it's actually a really cool and pretty darn good deck. So uh, there's d- going to be plenty of things you could salvage from it. Uh, if you wanted to switch Diana out for Aphelios, uh, you're going to have two champions at the three drop slot, but they're both pretty decent. You could try it. I don't know. Um, but check that out. I've got uh, plenty of other older videos, and I do think I'll be trying to get another video out um in the next week or two. I'm going to say that to give myself some time, but uh, I had actually had a lot of fun recording that so i kind of reminded me why i used to do it like all the time <laughs> yeah i got you um so yeah that, that's where boom great uh if you want to check out what i'm doing uh, go ahead over to twitch.tv slash the lift and click the follow button i am now going to be streaming every monday wednesday friday at about eight o'clock in the morning est until about 11 o'clock a.m est um uh, would be weird if i swapped time zones from the beginning of my stream to the end of my stream so uh yeah i'll be in the same time zone the entire stream um yeah check that out um and uh other than that reach out to me over discord i'm there to support our community and that's kind of my heart i spend a lot of time with people from the community um in zoom calls and discord chats uh hanging out with people who need to talk or who need someone to listen and uh and so i do a good deal of that so if you need to talk to somebody or you need someone to listen um to to you uh feel free to reach out to me because that's really my heart and and one of the main reasons that i do the disc do the uh do the show at all is just getting that opportunity to connect with people so uh reach out to me over discord for sure um guys that's going to do it for episode 48 we have a couple of exciting things hopefully coming down the pike uh in the next couple of weeks including a crossover with another show that's going to be coming up which we're really excited about um be sure to uh before be sure to check that out join our discord go to uh patreon.com slash legendscast if you want to support us and that's going to be it for us here for episode number 48 thanks for listening and be sure to come back again next week Thanks for listening to Legends Cast. This episode was brought to you by listeners like you. Don't forget to join our Discord community and support us by leaving us a rating and review wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. A special thanks goes out to all of our Patreon supporters over at patreon.com slash legendscast.